Thanks, everybody, and welcome to the club, a club for degenerates only. This is the Degenerate Athletic Club podcast, where, of course, we bring you nothing but fire, nothing but picks, nothing but free acumen to hopefully increase the bank account. We are presented by none other than Crowworthy Sports. I'm your host, RVD, and I'm joined, as always, I don't know if we can keep calling you the Crowdo. Srodo, you're off to an 11-4 and start with your Crowworthy Locks. It's been a good first three weeks. Um, shout out to all the you know, losers and haters. Um, I got accused of being they got some listeners tweeted and, and texted and I got accused of being dead wrong all week all show last week. And yes, I was off of my norm, my my previous eighty percent pace, but still went three of five. So um, by my calculations, three of five gets you paid. Um, so again, um, welcome to the show, all of the losers and haters. Yeah, to the losers, the haters, the trolls, and the winners out there. We're happy to bring you our Crowworthy Locks for week four of the NFL. But before we do that, uh, this has got to be one of my favorite times of the year. We have baseball getting ready to head into the playoffs. The air is getting a little bit crisper. The pumpkin lattes are, uh, you can't help but notice the marketing that, that, that when you walk into a coffee shop. We got NHL season about to kick off in just a few days. We got college football. We got NFL. We got it all. We got to bring the, li- the listeners a couple of, of our best bets outside of our typical Crowworthy locks. Now, I want to start in baseball, Mike. Of course, the right. MLB playoffs, not a lot to talk about this final weekend. There's, I guess, a chance that the Rockies could... Uh, get caught for that second wild card, although they may have clinched last night. You got the Red Sox and Yankees, uh, although the Red Sox magic number is one, so that could be wrapped up or it could be extended over the next 45. But the point is, there's not a lot. So every, all the excitement is on next week when we start Tuesday night with a wild card matchup between your boy Irvin Santana in the Bronx, and it looks like on Wednesday we'll get Rockies Diamondbacks, which should be another exciting game. But there's some nice long odds out there for World Series predictions, Mike. I got one that I like. Do you have one? Uh, I also have one I like, and I got, I imagine neither of us are taking the Indians, which is they're a prohibitive. I mean, I think at slightly less than three to one, they might be the lowest or the longest odds um, that I've seen in in, in years um, to win the World Series um, at this point. Usually there's a there's a, a a lock favorite, and even the you know the Cubs last year uh, were a lock favorite at this point. Uh, it doesn't look like we have that lock. We, the board's pretty open. We've got three teams at five to, uh, five to one or lower, uh, and then a bunch of teams that are kind of long shots. Um, why don't you give me who? You, I mean, I know who yours is because you are the ultimate homer. Um, so I. I 
imagine you're going to go with the Yankees, but why don't you tell me why you're going with the Yankees? Yeah, yeah, you mentioned it. We got two teams that are really the, the favorites at three to one and three and a half to one in, in the Indians and the Dodgers. Of course, they've been the the league's two best teams. But here's what, Mike, I think those teams already peaked. I think they had their run. Of course, Cleveland's historic run of over 20 straight wins. The Dodgers were the MLB's best team for much of the season. Uh, those teams peaked at the, the wrong time. I think there's a team peaking at the right time, Mike, and you nailed it. You know me too well. I like the Yankees, Mike. They are 16-1 to on a lot of boards. I locked it in this morning at 10-1. to a Bavada, you can get 16 to 1. I know on your site you can get 16 to 1. Unfortunately, I only got 10 to 1, but Mike, I like this team a lot. Listen, I'm extremely confident that they're going to get that one game wild card. I think Luis Severino and his legacy truly does get supplanted as a as a as a, a Bronx legend this Tuesday night against really an overmatched Twins team. And it's it's kind of unfair the way this wild card plays out. You have you know, six to seven games better in the standings the Yankees will be than the Twins when they meet on Tuesday, but it is a coin flip game. But I still give me the Bronx Bombers, Mike, and this is a different Yankees team than we've seen really since the dynasty kind of ended in 09. This is a team that's young. This is a team that has a lot of fun. Culturally, they feel really loose. It seems like Girardi has really good chemistry with this group. And Mike, we got a bullpen that, as you know, one of the recipes to success is bullpen when it comes to this time of year. Is there is there anything better than having the ability to go in the fifth inning on and throw the likes of Chad Green, Tommy Canely, Adam Warren? The list goes on and on before we even get to guys like Batanzas and Chapman and David Robinson. Chad, Chad Green. And I see Chad I see. Green. We're we're talking Chad Green on this podcast. Oh, All right. you, listen, when you hang up. And no, you, I look. I understand Chad, Chad Green's stats. I look. I understand he's better since he went to the pen. I get it. Better. I get it. We're talking a, about. Listen, he had a historic K per nine for a middle reliever. Look it up when we get off the podcast. But trust in my bet, Mike. I like the Yankees at those odds. I think they have the starting pitching. I think they'll get the clutch hitting that they need. This team just feels really fun, and I think they're peaking right now, Mike. They've been hot over the last twenty days or so. I think they win Tuesday. I think they got the horses to compete with Houston, the Red Sox, or Cleveland. Give me the Yankees. I like those odds. You can get them at sixteen to one if you put it in today on a lot of sites. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I'm not. T- I'm not going anywhere near a team that has a coin flip game just to get in. Um, a lot can happen. You're starting a rookie in that game. Don't like it. Don't like it. Um, staying away. Instead, uh, give me the team that's number five on the board. I don't really understand how they're number five on the board. Um, give me the Washington Nationals um, at eight and a half to one. Uh, look, I Bryce Harper's back, right? Um, so th- that lineup: Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, Rendon, Murphy, Zimmerman. I mean, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good one through five. And their role, they got a, they got the bona fide ace in, in Mad Max. They got Strasburg, who's a bona fide ace on any other any other team, um, and you know, and they've got Gio Gonzalez to, to for number three, who's quietly had a really good year this year. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, the the back end of that bullpen has gotten considerably better since they made the trade with Oakland to get Doolittle and Madsen. Madsen, they went out and picked up the Twins closer and Kinsler, and the Twins went made the playoffs anyway um i don't know I, this team has 
is better on paper than the Yankees, better on paper than most teams, but they've got that reputation as not being able to get it done in the postseason. But then again, you take a look at the teams that that are going to make it here for the for the National League, and you got the Cubs who had the same reputation until last year. You got the Dodgers who are choke artists premier. Uh, you got the Diamondbacks who haven't been to the playoffs since Luis Gonzalez era, uh, and then you've got the Rockies who, uh, you know, we're talking the Walt when Walt Weiss was a player. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's wide open in the NL. It's there's no veteran, good veteran team here. I don't know. Give me the Nationals eight and a half to one. I like it. Yeah, and you know, of course, we had the SCO on last week. He gave you the Diamondbacks, eighteen to one right now. That's another sneaky team. That, to your point, if we believe the Dodgers have already peaked, that National League is truly wide open. You can get the Cubs at seven and a half to one. This is uh, this is going to be a fun October. We'll keep talking about it as we go. But of course, we know that why our listeners typically tune in. They tune in for our crowworthy locks of the week. I've already kind of mentioned it, Mike. You're off to a incredible start, eleven and four. I had a very, very difficult week last week. All the distractions. I wasn't sure whether to kneel. I wasn't sure whether to stand. But I would ask that you lock arms with me and we stay united this week because the experts are yet to answer. Of course, as everybody knows, we've put the challenge out there to the so-called experts, the Cousin Sal's of the world, the Colin Cowherd's of the world, the Bill Simmons of the world. And I'm going to add another expert that I'm hoping answers the bell for us. I'm going to call out Big Cat from Barstool. He, of course, does his picks of the week. He's got his fish, Larry, that helps him. Big Cat, if you accept our challenge, just a couple of degenerates here, we're each willing to go $1,000 to a charity of your choice. All we're looking for in return is a shout-out and an opportunity to talk about the jungle, which, of course, as everybody knows, is the Fantasy League. Crowworthy Sports podcast talks fantasy each week with everybody. But, Mike, let's just break down how these experts are doing that we've called out so far. So right now, Cousin Sal, who just does his best bets of the week, meaning he's at a, a distinct advantage because he re- we, we give you five picks each week, Mike. We do our crowworthy locks for five picks. He gives you your best bets. He's been doing one or two each week. He's one in four on the season, Mike. More like Cousin no. Sal's best bullshit, if you ask me. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Now, you got Bill Simmons, who lately, each Friday, has been coming on with Francesa, giving his picks. Of course, he also writes a, uh, a column each Friday as well. Bill Simmons, 7-7-1, seven, seven Mike. And listen, if you're a betting man, you heard it here first. Francesa hasn't had anybody on his podcast doing picks since Mad Dog. Francesa's due to retire in December. You'll see Francesa do something content-related on the Ringer Network with Bill Simmons. But nonetheless, Bill Simmons a disappointing 7-7-1, seven, seven Mike. Well, I mean, he's, he's pulling out of an early hole. Um, I have confidence. I think Simmons, is, Simmons knows the game. So, And then last but not least, the guy that's keeping up with your historic start, uh, Colin Cowherd's blazing five. He's 11-4. He calls it his hottest start in history. He's been doing the Blazing Five for many years. You're 11 and 4. Enough with the taboo, Mike. Let's get to the picks. You want to start or you want me to start? You can start. Give me your first pick. All right. My first pick, I'm going to go to the Meadowlands. I'm going to stay in the state of New Jersey. Last week, I got this one a little bit wrong, but I blame it on all the distractions. I mentioned I wasn't sure if I should kneel. I wasn't sure if I should stand. I gave you my Old Crow serving of the week, best bet. I told you to take the under in London with Jacksonville and the Ravens. 
I said, do you really think that on a, on a Sunday morning at, at 9 a.m. Eastern time that these two quarterbacks are going to be able to score points? I was half right, Mike. Joe Flacco looked flaccid. Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles looked efficient. The Jags' offense looks pretty good, and their defense looks superior, Mike. And so now I ask you, what's more likely to happen? The Jets, who just seven days ago, we were betting would go 0-16 to win back-to-back games, or Blake Bortles going into New York and winning back-to-back games and putting the Jags at 3-1? Give me that. Yes, I'm taking Blake Bortles. He taught me a lesson or two last week. I like the Jags in New York, minus three. Hey, hey, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to, to get on board with Blake Boyles on the road yet. Um, I'm just not ready. That game, I looked at it long and hard because, I mean, anyone who's listened knows that I, I, I'm real down on the Jets. Um, but I'm just not, just not there yet. Uh, someday, someday I'll get there. But uh, for me, I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to save my, my crow-worthy lock of the week for last. Um, but I'm going to start an early game, and we're going to go to Big D. Uh, we're going to talk about them Cowboys. Um, the Rams roll into Big D, um, coming off a shootout against the 49ers. You get that extra rest. Cowboys on a relatively short week playing Monday night. Um, Rams are getting six and a half points in this game, which to me, by standard, you know, Vegas mentality, that means that this is a field goal game on a neutral field. Cowboys plus, uh, minus three, right? Home field's worth three or three and a half, depending on who you talk to. Look, the Rams aren't that good. I don't know. I, I don't get it. Um, you know, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe this is just not a team that maybe this team is just better than than I give, give, I'm giving them credit for. But let me ask you a question. Who have they beat this year? They beat the Colts in week one uh, when the Colts were starting um, Scott Tolsey and they beat the 49ers uh, in week two or uh, week three. And then in, in week two, they, they lost to the Redskins. So the only good team they played this year, they lost. Um, they beat two very, you know, questionable teams, especially the Colts uh, with Tolzien, who's who's atrocious. Uh, and the Cowboys are still good. This is a no-brainer to me. I'm laying the six and a half. Give me doubts. Okay. Well, we're gonna go heads up because I like this Rams team a lot, Mike. Listen, it's a Rams team that's coming off 10 days rest. And you know that I like teams in the National Football League that have more time to prepare. I think offensive and defensive lines thrive on that. I think Dallas can't get the ball downfield. I think they don't have an outside passing attack that can go deep. And I think the Rams defense is going to put pressure on Dak Prescott. Now listen, I think the game's going to be close. I think Dallas probably wins this game, and I like Dallas this year. I think they are looking like a team that's going to be tough to beat in the NFC. Them and Atlanta right now, uh, probably your two best teams in the NFC. That being said, I like the idea of getting six with all the time. I like what I'm seeing out of Todd Gurley, who just two years ago we thought was one of the best players in the league. He's proven that. I really like this coach. I like how creative he is. I liked Thursday night what I saw offensively. 
Uh, I don't love Dallas's defense. I think the Rams will be able to put up points this week, and I get basically a touchdown. Give me the Rams. We'll go heads up on this one. Just to remind our listeners, you are 0-3 against me heads up so far on the year. Yeah. Um, That's why we soon the game. Soon to be 0-4 after that. that now, did you get minus? I got six. What was your your spread? I'm I'm laying six and a half. Okay. So I'm locking you in at six and a half. I bet it at six. Uh, okay, so I'll go to number three, and I'm going to probably go heads up on you in this one because this is another team that for whatever reason you are still on the bandwagon. I didn't even know the Chargers had a bandwagon, and yet not only are you on it, you're running it and you're advertising for it. Um, but they're not good. They're not, they're not a good team, and the Eagles might be. Um... The Chargers are laying two at home. What? Why are the Chargers laying points to anybody? I mean, maybe they'd be laying to the Browns or the Bengals or a doormat, but the Eagles aren't a doormat. Um, you know, they played Kansas City pretty tight, um, beat the Giants last week, who played what played better. I mean, the Chargers just. Do you have any confidence that they're going to win a football game, a close game? They just don't win close games. That's their M.O. That's been their M.O. for the last 10 years. It's been their M.O. since Phillip Rivers showed up. Uh, Give me the Eagles. I'll take the points, gladly. I'd bet if it's Eagles minus two, I'd bet this game. So I think this is, the, the line is four points the wrong way. So you like Philly? Give me Philly. Okay, for my next bet, I'm going to stay in New England. I looked at this one long and hard. At first, I didn't love the nine, but do you actually think Carolina can keep up with New England offensively? I do not. Look, I know that New England's defense looked shaky against the rookie quarterback last week. We all saw that, but you don't think Bill Belichick is going to learn from that? You don't think he had that team in the film room immediately after that game trying to figure out what went wrong against Houston in a game that the Patriots almost lost? But Cam Newton just doesn't look good, and I think it's going to take time for this Carolina team to get going. Look, they were one of my surprise picks in the NFC, and so far it does not look good. But they have to travel to New England, a team that is going to learn and going to practice all week based on Deshaun Watson kicking their butt. They're not going to let that happen two times in a row. They're not giving north of 20 points against Carolina. And I think New England comfortably wins this one by 10 or more. I think it probably stays close for a lot of the game, within 7, within 10, within 7. But at the end of the day, New England is smarter, they're more talented, and they're better coached. They're going to win this game by 10. Give me the Patriots laying the 9. Yeah, I, I looked at that game. I, I, I'm lower on the Patriots than most. I can't get behind that defense. Although the, the Saints smoked the Panthers' defense last week. So, I mean, if anything in that game, I like the over. Um, so, moving on and uh, getting down to my second to last pick, uh, let's, go, um, let's go out to the desert. The Arizona football Cardinals. Um, laying six and a half at home against the 49ers. Um, you know, last Thursday night, again, this is a game I, I'm taking two teams coming off the Monday night game against two teams coming off the Thursday night game. So I know you don't like this. I know you, you're big on rest. Um, but I'm big on the better team. And 
for as bad as Arizona looked on the road weeks one and two, they looked better last week against a better, I mean, a Dallas team that's, that's quite good. Um, and the 49ers are just not good. They're just not a good team. They have a bad quarterback. They don't have skill at the skill positions. They're just not a good team. Um, I'm happy laying the six and a half. It wouldn't surprise me if this game was over at halftime to the tune of 28 to 28 to seven. Um, it, this is just a, a. I mean, I think the 49ers come back down. They're not putting up 40 points a week. Give me the Cardinals. Okay. You like Arizona against a Niner team coming off 10 days rest. I am going to give you my next pick, and I swore not to do this. I thought. God. I thought I was done with this team, but they got it done for me last week, Mike. I took the Giants in Philly getting six. They should have won that game. They covered the spread. Now they go on the road against a Jameis Winston ball club that, look, he's just not the guy we thought he was yet. Mikey's going to be a great player in this league, but he turns the ball over way too much. And I think that Eli and McAdoo and company started to right the ship offensively last week. I'm getting points again with this Giants team. I think this game is really, really close. I like the Giants to win it outright. Mike, the Giants defense is good. They're going to figure things out, and I think they figure it out again this week, or I should say this week, against a interception-prone Jameis Winston. I get three points. I get that I have to go on the road, but give me the Giants getting the three. Yes, that is another back-to-back week on Bet Eli. Oh, man. Well, I hope you have your blood pressure medication uh, fully stocked and available. Um, I mean, I know a lot of F-bomb Eli. Uh, a lot of that was going on last weekend, although they pulled, you know, they pulled within and ended up back to a cover there. Um, is that your is that your lock of the week? No, no. I will, uh, I will give you my lock of the week next. All right, okay. So for my lock of the week... <clears throat> Going to the Sunday night game. Ooh. <clears throat> Seattle Colts. This is a good one. Yes. Real good. This is a great game. Let Don't me tell me you're betting Jacoby Brissett here. I'm betting Jacoby Brissett. I got I locked it in at 13. It's a 12 and a half now. Uh, <clears throat> Vegas bet this bet the line down a little bit. I still like it at 12 and a half. Look, just, gun to your head, is Seattle a good team? I mean are they? Their offensive line worries me. I think we're seeing we're not seeing Russell Wilson fully optimized based on the line play. What? Well, I mean, they they had trouble scoring against Green Bay. They had trouble scoring against the 49ers. Uh, they beat the 49ers four field goals to three at home. Um, and then they went to Tennessee and they got punched in the mouth. Like this Seattle team has been neglecting the offensive line for close to you know since Pete Carroll got there, um, and the defense is just you know maybe it's just not that special anymore. Um, here, my point is, the Seattle team we don't even know if they're good, and in the Indianapolis Colts team we know they're not great. We know they're probably not even good, but we also know they're not atrocious. Uh, Jacoby Brissett looked the part last week he looked pretty good the week before he looked acceptable 
he looked like he wasn't over. He was not Scott Tolzien. He didn't look like he had no business lining up and under center in an NFL game. Uh, he acquitted himself fine in his first game, even though the Colts lost. He played well in his second game. This is his third game. Another week in the system. I just don't think the Colts are 13 points worse. I don't think Seattle's 13 points better than anybody in the league at this point. So it literally wouldn't matter what team you put in. Seattle minus 13. I'm taking whoever is on the other side of that. Okay. And that's your Old Crow serving shot of the week. Yes. My last bet, Mike, is a team that I've also been on, and I'm staying consistent. I'm sticking with this ball club. I think this is an overreaction line. I think people assume Houston has figured something magical out based on last week. But remember, this is a Houston team that looked really, really bad in the first couple of weeks. I, quite simply, I get an efficient quarterback. I get arguably one of the best offensive lines in football. I get two dynamic pass, uh, two dynamic running backs. I get a very improved pass rush and really good defensive backs. Give me the Tennessee Titans, Mike. I, I'm laying less than a field goal. I'm going into Houston, uh, a, a team that, I, again, I think we're overreacting to how they played last week. And look, they got up, and they got it done against New England. But I really like this Tennessee team. I've liked them all year. This is a big, big game for the division. I think Tennessee gets it done, Mike. That's my old pro serving shot of the week. Give me the Titans minus two. Now. All right. Go with God. You're, you're with this... I tell you, you are well on your way to an early heart attack, my friend. The Titans, the Chargers, Giants, Giants, all these teams that you're on this year, they're all teams that are just do everything in their power to tear you apart inside. And I, and I, you know, I'm, I'm over here. I'll stick with teams that are a little bit more steady, I guess. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, so, oh, do I owe, I think I owe a fifth pick, don't I? You owe I your do. fifth pick. And just to catch everybody up on our old crow serving shots of the week, we both lost last week, Mike. So we both did two shots last week. We both owe two shots of crow. We both had four shots that we got to serve to the general public. So we're four and two in terms of shots owed versus served. Um, we'll have to take our two shots tomorrow morning. Yeah. Yeah. My last pick um, <clears throat> is really a function of the fact that I just don't, I honestly don't believe that Case Keenum can play two good games in a row. And I like, and as we all know, I, <laughs> anyone who listens to, the, to the, our fantasy podcast knows I'm higher on Detroit than I think anybody else is in, in the nation yeah, outside yeah, of Wayne. Just a little bit. For, for those that didn't listen to the Crowworthy Sports Podcast, we did our weekly NFL power rankings, and we made analogies to our fantasy football uh, owners and teams in the jungle. Where'd you have Detroit? Remind the listeners, Mike. I had them third. Third in the National Football League. Not third in the NFC, not third in the NFC North, third in the NFL. Well, be that as it may, I mean, the Packers kind of righted the ship a little bit. So, I mean, I would probably revise that, but I still don't have them outside my top five. Um, And as I said, I would be very happy with with getting on the Minnesota Viking bandwagon if I knew that Sam Bradford was playing quarterback. But this knee ailment is just stinks to high heaven. 
stinks to having like surgeries on the horizon and who knows when this guy's actually going to play um may not play again this year uh with teddy bridgewater coming back um but anyway i'm just not confident that case keenum is going to put up two good games in a row uh i mean case keenum has played a good football game three or four times in his brief nfl career but he's never been able to string together multiple good football games um now this is a Detroit team that doesn't have to travel very far. Minnesota is a you know it's a it's, it'll be an indoor, uh, it's basically an indoor stadium. Uh, you know, surface is fast. I don't see any sort of home away split that you normally worry about with teams that play in the dome here. Give me Detroit, and and I get to and I get to do that taking points. I'll, I'll take the two. I'll. I'll all week, all year, all week, all day. Yeah, Detroit might be good, and that's a uh, that's a good bet. I looked at that one as well. So to recap, you like Dallas as a favorite. You like Philly as a favorite or as a dog, right? What'd you get on that Philly spread again? I am getting two. You're getting two. So you like Philly as a dog. You like Arizona as a favorite. Colts as a dog. Detroit as a dog. I like a couple of dogs in the Rams and the Giants, and then I like Tennessee, New England, and the Jags as favorites. Um, good show by you, Mike. Yeah, likewise, likewise. It's uh, it's good to be back and up. And you, by the way, you haven't given your record for the listeners at any point during this podcast. So I'd oh, like you to yeah, end with yeah. that. Let's break it down. I'm eight and seven on the year. That's fifty three percent. You are 11 and 4 at 73%. The experts, Cousin Sal, we have at 20%. Cowherd is matching you at 73%. Simmons at 7, 7, and 1 is about 46, 47%. And we'll see if we can't get Big Cat and his picks to get in on our challenge of uh, doing the right thing for charity, doing the right thing for degenerates everywhere. Everyone, of course, each week is welcome to the exclusive club. This is the Degenerate Athletic Club. Thanks, everybody, for listening.